Hello, and welcome back to season three of the Caffeine Until Cocktails podcast. My name is Jessica, and today I am joined by Alyssa Hudson from the Honest Mama blog. Um, Alyssa, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, so Alyssa and I have met through this blogging community um, of Illinois, which makes me laugh. Um, (laughs) I don't know why it makes me laugh, but I think that you can always connect with people on this level. um, And we've obviously gotten to know each other, and I've had you on in season two. And I probably couldn't even tell you what we talked about because I I know for a fact I was living at my apartment Mm-hmm. And probably not in a good mental state. <laughs> Either of us were last year. No, no, it was like still like really in depth in a pandemic. And now I feel like I've known you forever now and I know your life story. And and it's just crazy to like be able to connect on such um a deeper level than just like that surface of social media too. Yeah, it really is. I feel like we've talked about that before, but with the blog. It just, you really do develop relationships with people. And I feel like we understand each other because we both do this weird, like, what do you call it? Micro-influencing or whatever. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, it's just a weird world to live in, but. It's a very weird world to live in. I mean, we both, people, I mean, you and I have talked about this, like, we influence in, like, small towns, but we're from small towns and we just, I can't take myself seriously some days. I don't know about you. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's an interesting, people, it's an interesting. It's, it's when people recognize you and you're like, oh God, they know me. Well, especially, I feel like maybe we talked about this before, but in the pandemic, it's like now that we're just sort of reopening things, like I'm going out a little bit more. And then, you know, I'm just like socially awkward. I feel like I'm not prepared, you know, like I'm excited when people say hi or whatever, they'll message yeah. me, I saw you, but I didn't want to say hi. And I'm like, I get it. Cause I'm just like, socially, like, I feel like an alien when I'm out in public right now. I had a mom from daycare message me the other morning after like, after drop off. And I was like, I didn't even know, like I am in my own world. Like, I, I feel almost like our blog world is like our blog world. And then everything else is the rest of our life. Yeah. The, like and there's, I, there's so I much. Feel, out. Yeah. I feel like our followers think that we maybe share our whole lives. And we definitely don't. We don't. Yeah. And you and I both know that because we share our lives with each other. <laughs> And then we're like, the world has no idea. Like we share such a small percentage of what's really going on. And I think that's obviously why we're recording today. <laughs> um, because we do all have like, I, I hate the word traumas, but we have like outside traumas. We have, you know, family issues. We have the family drama, the dynamics of like how we grew up and how it affects our everyday lives now. Um, And I think it's so crazy, you know, it all started with a, it's funny because we write our feelings and (laughs) it's back to the letters. And um, I think that, you know, you've even said in the recent, you know, actually I think even said today, you're like, I haven't been showing my face on here. Like it's really hard to face people that like trust you when you're not even like telling the full truth of what your life looks like, you know, it's so hard. And I feel like I've told you this before, but like 
sometimes it's like you live two different lives. Like Mm -hmm. with the way my blog started and yours is similar, like we were writing because we were dealing with like postpartum and we felt really Mm -hmm. lonely in motherhood. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. in my personal life, I didn't feel like I had a lot of people that I could be vulnerable to or say like, Hey, I'm really struggling. Like this is hard. Mm -hmm. So I opened up like that outlet and then the following kind of grew. And then as my life kind of grew, I opened up like our house, you know, building a house and Mm -hmm. then like this influencing where businesses were approaching me to, you know, do collaborations. And so then I'm sharing that. And it's like, it's, it's so hard when you're going through something really personal, or you're really hurting, like your mental health is struggling, mm-hmm. jump on every day and be like, everything's great, guys. Like, <laughs> here's this cute outfit, you know, here's a link, whatever. It's so difficult to show up and be genuine in that way when you're struggling, mm-hmm. when you're struggling. And it's like, again, I can share my own mental health struggles, I can share like, postpartum mm-hmm. or motherhood stuff. But when you're struggling, and it's relationships, and it's real life humans, you know, that are impacted and you're trying to respect privacy mm-hmm. and things like that. It's you hard. To can't. Yeah. It's hard to mm-hmm. show. I, I put on my stories last night. I shouldn't laugh at this, but I laugh at myself having a minty bee, but like, I love this product. Like, like that's literally, and that's all I can get out. Like that's all that I can formulate in this very moment because that's all the energy I have. Like, So I think when we go through big events in our lives, um, it's hard to like continue to show up when there's so much stress on you and it's not just you involved, you know, it affects every person outlet, things of that nature. Um, Alyssa, I don't know. I don't know how you want to get into this because you want to share your story and kind of, you know, inside of what has been going on in your life. Do you want to start like high school and, you know, turning into a single independent woman? <laughs> um, I mean, I try, you know, I've shared some things on the blog, like, mm-hmm. you know, some yeah. of my stories um, from my past, a lot of things I, I don't dive too deep. I mean, I, that's for therapy, you know, <laughs> I don't dive too deep into publicly, but mm-hmm. um, I have shared, I guess, recently, I've shared some more, it's, I hate to call it, but it's like vague booking, you know, like on Facebook when people put up a status and you're like, cheese and peas, going through something hard. So I feel like that's all I've been able to get out Mm -hmm. recently is things like, you know, memes or whatever, like things that I've been struggling with, with Mm -hmm. personal relationships and, you know, growing up with, I guess, generational trauma and Mm -hmm. um, trying to, I'm a really highly sensitive person. And so I've just kind of discovered that like over the past few years, really like through therapy and getting to know my personality. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I have been really independent in my adulthood because of, you know, situations that went on in my childhood and basically like, you know, kind of have tried to pave my own path and get to know who I am. And in the past few years of therapy, unraveling things that went on in my childhood that I didn't even maybe realize like were traumatic or were not okay. Or um, you're like, that wasn't just normal. That wasn't just a normal childhood. It's so interesting because you learn a lot about yourself, even throughout like my adulthood, looking from the time I was 18 to even 30, how much like I had toxic traits, you know, that because it was engraved in me or it's, that's just, all that I knew. And 
like seeing my husband who grew up in a, what I would consider like a, a normal, healthy, emotionally stable in it, just a different, like the contrast in our, our personalities and our upbringing and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of walking through that with him, you know, we met, I mean, we met in high school, but we didn't start dating until I was in college. And so like, he's been in my life since I was 18. And that's kind of when I became like, independent and he was there mm-hmm. through like all you know all of the rough stuff and um it's just been interesting to get to know like myself and you know again contrasting it to his life and like how different it is when you grow up with a lot of trauma yeah how do you think like it played like a huge part on dating or getting into that marriage aspect i think for me looking back i mean i think we met at the right time. My husband and I met at the right time because in the past, like in high school, like teenage years, I picked the wrong people. You know, I mean, you go through every relationship for a reason, but he, I would have, he would not, we wouldn't have lasted (laughs) before, but I met him at a time where I was really vulnerable. um, And I did not have a relationship with my dad when he and I met. And so, um, I felt like I was kind of, it was like I was starting college. I was starting to become my own person. Like I had to get a job. I had to go to school. I had to like do all of these things to like forge my own path into adulthood. And so I think I met him at the right time and I saw like how, you know, stable he was and he was there. Like it was a, it was a weird transition for me to have somebody like that in my life. So I do feel like, yeah, we met at the right time for sure. You know, what's so crazy. I think it's, you know, you used to talk about your dad not being in your life at that point. And like when I went off to college, like I didn't talk to my dad for like three years, like straight. And I think it's just so crazy to see those relationships and like looking back, like would my, would my marriage turned out different if like I had really faced all that as well, you know? Yeah. Um, and th- those are big what ifs, obviously, but it is stuff that when you go to therapy, you start like, oh shit, <laughs> like what am I supposed to do now? Um, and even I was talking to my friend Savannah this morning about like her childhood and like, you know, her living with her grandparents. And she's like, I see myself like doing things with my kids. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I'm not going to do that with my kids because that's how I was raised. And that probably wasn't normal or healthy. How can I better, you know, address this situation with my children and how can I be a better mom um, now that I have looked at, you know, inside and recognize that there were, that, that, that my childhood may not have been normal. Well, and I think that's part of it too, for me, like diving into therapy and understanding mental health as a whole, not just myself, but looking at like how my parents were raised, how their parents were, you know, looking at Mm you when you're talking about generational stuff, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not like, it's hard to say. I I don't feel like I place blame on people because I understand, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I understand that if with that generational, like if somebody doesn't take a look at it and say like, wait a minute, this doesn't feel Mm-hmm. healthy, like how I'm parenting or how, you know, how I'm whatever. I feel like for me, it was the blog, even starting the blog out when Everly was born was 
it was an opportunity. It was like therapy for me. It was an opportunity for me to talk about what I was struggling with Mm -hmm. and talk about how can I overcome this? How can I Mm -hmm. do better for her? And that's literally since I found out I was pregnant with her, that's been my it's your outlet one job. Yeah. It's in, it's mm-hmm. been for me is to like learn more about myself and do better for her. And I feel like it's this constant, I'm never going to stop trying to learn more and do more and do better for her. But I think it just takes one person to, you know, within generations and generations of people to stop and say, wait a second, like, we're going to stop this. How do, yeah. How do we do better for our kids and, and give them a physically and emotionally safe space environment. Yeah. Yeah. I think our generation of moms in general are very like in tune with that. Like we are not going to allow our children to not be able to vocalize their feelings, especially as like the mom of a boy. Um, it is so common for boys to just be told, like, put your feelings away. My ex-husband was very much that he wasn't allowed to cry. He wasn't allowed to show emotion. He wasn't allowed to feel and, and I literally, when Elliot gets upset, those are things I say to him. I say like, okay, what do you want to talk about it? Like what, I mean, he's three, but still, I mean, he has big feelings and maybe he just doesn't understand what's going on. If I can just give him an outlet and be his safe place, I would rather be that for him. So then when he is 30 and goes through a breakup or is trying to get married, he is able to be that emotionally stable partner for his partner. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? And that's something even with the past few years of my therapy experience has been really eye-opening for my husband too. Cause I was raised more like um, probably more masculine in terms of like, I wasn't allowed, you know, we weren't crying was like, we're, you know, it, you're just, you gotta be strong. You gotta push through things yeah. sort of with kids. I think a lot of times we look at little kids and we expect them to like not have feelings, you know, it's like, stop crying. Why are you crying? Like rushing them through all of these things rather than just taking a little bit of extra time and talking about it. And so even with my husband and I, like learning how to communicate with each other and stop and say, like, instead of just getting in some argument over whatever, like talking about why do I feel this way? Digging Mm -hmm. deeper into like, it's okay for both of us to, you know, have big feelings and be sad. And then, you know, understanding that about ourselves and knowing how to handle that with our daughter and teaching her healthier healthier coping skills and healthier ways to express her emotions. A hundred and fifty percent. I literally, even to this day, I'm like my mom and I will get in a fight and I'm like, you need to go to fucking therapy. Like those are things I say to my mom. I'm like, you like do not recognize like the things you say are hurtful. And because you don't think they're hurtful, it's, it's just okay. And she'll, she gets, it's just her. It, that is her generation that, yes. okay. And we're moving on like that. That's then it's done. Like, yes, it takes a freak out for me to be like, you hurt my feelings. And then she's like, next topic. Yeah. And I think again, like I said, and you just kind of address that it's yeah. a generational thing. And I think our generation, it's funny. Cause I think a lot of people look at us as we're like the super emotional, like over dramatic because we are really in touch with our feelings and our mental health and realizing that like life is so much more stable and healthy when you can express your feelings safely, when you can, you know, go through emotional experiences or whatever and not feel shame over it. Yeah. I don't. And again, like, you know, our parents were raised so much differently than we were. And 
things are passed down and like therapy wasn't a thing. I mean, it was a thing, I mm. guess, but, like when they were in their 20s. But you were like crazy. Oh. Yeah. yeah. You, you were crazy if you did that. Yeah. And I think that's the difference is that we are lucky to be number one, to have access to, you know, therapy, especially in the past couple of years that it's been, you know, health insurance has been awesome. So yeah, we're with privileged it. in that respect. And also to be in a society now where it's okay to struggle with your mental health. It's okay to get help that, you know, it's not, you're not shamed for it. So, you no, know, uh, yes. I, totally I recognize that. And I, and then on the flip side, I do feel like people that I kind of feel bad for people that don't battle for battle it. Cause they're like, I can't relate. And they feel like bad because they don't have it. And I'm like, well, you don't feel that. I don't, I don't want it. Well, and I think that something I've learned over the past few years too, is that like, it, everything is situational with mental health. You know, it's like, my, again, my husband had a super normal, you know, childhood and upbringing. Like, I feel like he's the most stable person I've ever met. And mm-hmm. he's, you know, struggled a little bit over the past couple of years with the pandemic and mm-hmm. just his life has changed a lot. And so, and he's been open about that. And so mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, it's not like mental health. It doesn't have to be a disorder. It can be situational. Like here's yeah. what's going on in my life. Now I'm struggling a little bit. I've never had yeah. to struggle before. You know what I mean? So no. And I love that you said that because I think for so long it was, you either have it or you don't. And that's that. Exactly. And like that crazy but, diagnosis, like either you're just crazy or you're not, you know, you're batshit wild <laughs> or you're just stable. And, exactly. you know, and I think even for me, like going through highs and lows of like what's going on in my life, what's not going on, you know, I have been in a really good place the last three months actually. And then all of a sudden I, something could like not even happen and stuff, your feelings just hit you like a ton of bricks and even for women, like with our hormones and stuff, like I'm literally on my period and I feel like the world is ending. And I'm like, okay, this this happens every single month. Why do I feel like I want to like die inside? And you don't recognize it until it's happening. You're like, oh, this happens every month. Why is this? Like literally every 28 days, this shit happens. Why am I just now like putting two and two together? And it is what it is, but it's truly like you have that situational anxiety or depression or even that like panic moment of like what the fuck like that wave yeah and that's something I've been talking about a little bit in therapy too is that like therapy doesn't have to be a lifelong thing you know people come and go and I got to the point over the past few months where I was finally starting to feel like I was in a good place and I was you know just content and Mm -hmm. like every day I just I was like wow I feel like more stable than I ever Mm -hmm. have and then yeah. had a situation occur, you know, recently that just totally set me back. And I was, you know, talking to my therapist a couple of weeks ago and was like, you know, I don't, what do I do if I'm, am I done? Am I done in therapy? You know, like, do I, I graduate? That's exactly. She was like, I can give you a diploma if it makes you feel better, you know, if it, and she's like, you know, it's all situational. So then of course, when my life feels finally a little bit stable, something happens, sets me mm-hmm. back. And now I'm back in therapy every week. I was, you know, scaling it back and now I'm back. So it is, it's all situational based on like what's mm-hmm. going on in your life. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, I, I could probably just go to therapy and like shoot the shit 
with people and be like, so how's your day going? Like, tell me about your day. (laughs) That's literally, I feel like I could pay someone to do that just to, and I think it would just like trigger something and it would help me. Um, I literally text my friend yesterday saying like, I'm going to emotionally dump on you and I'm sorry. Like, and I just said that and she was like, it's okay. I'm like, no, it's not because I should pay my therapist for this, but I don't have one currently. So Lisa was like, trigger warning. Here's my emotional dump. Oh my gosh. My best friend and I do that all the time. We're like, Hey, are you, you know, you don't even have to respond. I'm just going to text this and send it to you. Yeah. Just hit the double tap with a, like a love. Just let me know you saw it. Yeah. Literally when you, um, like, obviously you said you met your husband, you know, in high school and all of this, did you ever feel like needy or like, he's not going to love me because this is like the, the shit I deal with or the drama I have in my life? Yeah, for sure. Early on in our marriage, it was a, an ongoing I wouldn't say argument. We're not big, like we're not big arguers. Like it was a disagreement that Dis- we yeah, discussions had more often than not. And so mm-hmm. it was basically our inability to communicate about things. So like if I was having a family issue, I would vent it to him, but never really like solve it myself. I would complain and he would basically get to the point where he was like, do something about it or deal with it. And I'm like, that's not what I need. Like, that's not what I need from you to tell me that, what am I going to do about it? You know? And so it was this back and forth, like once a month or once every couple of months where I'm like, this is what's happening. I'm so upset or I'm so frustrated. And he's like, do something or don't. This is the same conversation we have over and over and over. So it got to the point where I was like, I feel like I can't even vent about what's going on, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and really I would say over the past few years, like we've learned how to communicate and he now understands like the depth of some of the things that I was, that I've been dealing with Mm -hmm. my whole life, you know, and Mm -hmm. he's way more understanding, you know, when I'm struggling Mm -hmm. or when he's way more emotionally available rather than just saying like, do something or don't, you know? Yeah. But I think that even, I mean, you, I'm looking at reading this email you sent me yesterday. So even like, like YouTube, I feel like y'all both have two different personality types and how you probably handle those situations are just different. And obviously he's very, let's do something about it. And you're like, I just want to cry and be mad. And and I get that. Like sometimes that's what you want to do. Well, that's part of, I think that's funny too, because that's part of like any relationship is like, mm-hmm. you don't always have to solve problems. And I think like with our girl friendships, girls know that like we know if we're venting it's just like yeah girl I hear you that yeah I hate them (laughs) slash their tires like what are we doing I get it but with I think a lot of times like my husband his personality like his Enneagram I'm a big Enneagram nerd I know you are he's a two and so he's a helper he's a fixer he like wants to see his people happy and so he constantly feels like if I'm upset or I'm venting about something like he wants to sweep it, like swoop in and fix it. And he wants to make it better. Yeah. And so it's been this ongoing conversation in our marriage over the past few years where it's like, you don't have to fix this. I just need you to sit with me in the hard and understand that I'm struggling and just be there and hold my hand or just listen or whatever. And so it's been like a learning experience for us on how to communicate and understand each other. I think you and your husband, just from like what you've told me, I think that's so freaking amazing because 
that is probably when I feel like if every married couple did that, like a whole new part of their relationship would open up. Like, do you need me to do something or just be here? Yeah. And I think that that is so big. And that's something I learned after my divorce, that that's something that you should probably use in that relationship. But I I think it goes so far. Um, And there's even days like I've called my mom, like, I don't need you to do anything. I just want you to listen. Like, that's it. Yeah. That's all I need. Yeah. Don't don't tell me. Yeah. Don't tell me I'm over. I don't want your input. (laughs) Exactly. I just want to vent for a second. This is a safe space. Yes. And I know it's secure. So, and that's, that's where I've come to with my mom. Like, I don't want your opinion Mm -hmm. because I probably won't agree with it, but just listen to me cry. Thank you. And then we're done. And ultimately no one else can fix your problems for you. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't force someone to go to therapy. You can't force people to change or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's the thing is I think sometimes like that's what we need is just someone to sit with us when we're struggling. And I think, you know, my mom is my safe place. Like makes me cry. Like I told you I was going to cry today. Um, she is my safe space and she's the one that knows everything. So to just please listen, please be there. That that's sometimes all you do need, you know? Um, and that's, that's my person at the end of the day, that's my person. And that's, she literally said that, said that I'm your person. Oh, I was like, well, I love you're that. right. I love so, you know, and it's in, I like get emotional about it. Cause she's been gone for two months in Florida. And I'm like, I I'm mad at you right now. Like, come home. <laughs> like I, I need you Florida with her. <laughs> Right. And I'm like, I don't like this because I can't come with you. You know, I can't retire yet. What the hell? This isn't fair, Uh, which is terrible. I shouldn't say that, but it's the truth. You know, we have our people and I think that your husband is that for you. And I like adore that. I told you, I was like, please adopt me. I'll just move in with you guys. I'll be Everly's big sister. Yes, please. Um, (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I try like, I don't know how, like I have shared blog posts and things about our marriage and like, you know, how far we've come in our relationship and it's taken a lot of work, you know, like, again, I don't think we were never like on the brink of divorce or like major arguers or anything like that. But I would say for sure over the past several years, our marriage is completely different than it was in our early days. And he like something I've learned in therapy just over the past six months, even like, is that my mom and I are super close. Like I, she's, I consider her one of my best friends, but you know, my relationship, he, my husband's my person. Like you said, he's, I've had to learn over the past few months in therapy that I have felt really isolated in a lot of scenarios. And at the end of the day, if he's here and my daughter's here and we're healthy and we're okay. Like that's all that matters. Like we will survive anything as long as we're together, you know? Yeah. So he, that's how I feel about him. Like he's, you know, yeah. we're, we're it for each other. Like, you know, there's, we've got friends and other family members, yeah. and stuff, but it's like, if everything else comes crashing down around us, like this, we're, you know, we're, you've here. got your, we're going to hold yeah. each other's hand as everything falls down around. Yeah. Us. And that's, and I love that about you guys. Um, And that's something that even in your, like, you guys always prioritize your date nights. And I think that's like the 
freaking best, like the coolest thing ever. Like every week I'm like, all right, where's Alyssa? Where are they going on date night? Like, what are we doing? I feel like along for the ride. And I'm, and I just think that's cool because I think so often we're like, never stop dating your husband, never stop dating your husband. And you have it. And I love that. Like even through everything you have prioritized that relationship. And I think that's so freaking cool. Well, and we have my mom to thank for a lot of that too. Cause my mom, mm-hmm. like her, she's been amazing with my daughter. She, mm-hmm. um, her and I have had a lot of like conversations about, you know, her, like how she grew up and mm-hmm. how she, you know, raised her kids and things that maybe I think she would do differently now, like mm-hmm. knowing what she knows. Yeah. So like she, I, th- I see the way that she is with my daughter as like her opportunity to do it again and do it better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah they 100%. Are so like she takes her once a week. And so we get our date night and Everly absolutely loves going to my mom's and they get to spend time together. And um, so that's, that's nice that we have that option. Cause I know a lot of people, I mean, you have to pay a babysitter. Yeah. You got to find somebody once a week to, that you to do that. Yeah. So we have been fortunate in that aspect for sure that we get that, that opportunity because of my mom. But- But I think that's just so special for you guys. And that's something like I'm jealous of. I want a date night every week, even if it's just myself. (laughs) But I think that's super cool. I'll just want to go out. No, I just, it's, I just think it's really special for you guys to like prioritize that. And I think it's, it's really cool. Um, I was gonna, what was one of my questions? Oh, I know what it was. How did you decide to cut the cord? of your toxic people in your life? Like, Oh gosh. Well, (laughs) I mean, it's this, this, that's a complicated question. I think with therapy, something that, you know, is like literally an ongoing conversation forever is boundaries. And Mm -hmm. that can be a really difficult thing for some people to understand. Mm -hmm. And it's not just boundaries with like, you know, people in your life or whatever boundaries with work boundaries with, you know, I've, been terrible my whole life with having boundaries with anything. Like Mm -hmm. I am a pushover. I like to think that I'm like this confident, like, you know, person, but I'm a people pleaser. I'm a pushover. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. will internalize everything and like self-destruct. So learning boundaries with all aspects of my life has been huge. And I think I started to implement boundaries with things I wasn't comfortable with, um, within like relationships with people in my family. And it makes things really challenging if they don't respect or understand basic boundaries. Um, And so it's just sort of unfortunately like escalated over the past few years to where it's made it impossible to even communicate like in a respectful way. And so um, I don't want to say like, you know, people are cut out or whatever. I hate that term because I've never, (laughs) I'm over here. It's, but it, for me, it's having to disassociate with things that I feel are toxic with mm-hmm. behaviors that I don't want my daughter to think are normal or healthy. Yeah. Um, I want her to grow up in a space where she feels, again, physically and emotionally safe, where she doesn't feel manipulated or she, you know, I mean, emotionally abused or anything like that. And so it's gotten to the point where I guess you would say like my boundaries are much stricter than they've ever been yeah. because 
it is my job to protect her and myself. Yeah. Ultimately, I have to respect myself at the end of the day too, because mm-hmm. I'm not very good at that. You know, I'm again, like yeah. I'm a people pleaser. I'm a pushover, but with her, I know that that's my number one job is mm-hmm. I cannot allow her to experience things that I've experienced and to go through those things and be able to sleep at night. You know, it's, it's my job to make sure that she sees emotionally healthy and stable people in her life. And that the people around us treat us with respect and treat her with respect and allow her to be whoever she wants to be. You know what I mean? To to choose and for us just to kind of show up and be there to support Mm -hmm. her and not control her or manipulate her. That just like, you just hit home for me. <laughs> You're just bringing it back for me. I mean, I think that, I mean, I've told you all, I told you, you know, the letters that I received from my family when I was going through like shit with my grandparents and my dad. And, you know, I had to go to court with my dad and it was just a shit show. And, you know, people were like, I can't believe you don't talk to your dad. And I'm like, I don't have the emotional capacity to deal with that right now. Um, and sometimes that's what I, I had to do that. I had to take a step back and, you know, I had to respect myself and I had to, I had to take care of myself because if I didn't, it would have eaten me alive. And, you know, there were a lot, it was a long few years of not talking to my family and, and things are better now, but if, if that behavior would have continued, I would have continued keeping that line drawn. And, you know, if that behavior ever crept into my son's life, oh, hell no. You know? Well, and it's what's mind boggling to me, I guess, is that just the lack of empathy or respect sometimes, like you said, you've received like letters from family members that maybe disagree with how you're handling your personal stuff. And yeah. And to me, I'm like, I can't ever imagine overstepping that bound with anybody because no one understands what you go through day in and day out. No one knows the intricacies of your relationships, of conversations Mm -hmm. that happen behind closed doors. No one, no one, you know, about anybody. We don't know Mm -hmm. the inner workings of other people's lives. And so I can't imagine ever overstepping that boundary with somebody and also Mm the the lack of respect, I guess, just to, to not even try to understand. I mean, I guess I don't even expect people to try to understand really complex relationships, but I know that nobody wakes up on a random Wednesday morning and says, I'm just going to disassociate with everything that's familiar to me with everything I've ever known. I'm just going to isolate myself. And that just sounds like a fun way to spend my life. You know, yeah, right. Not if you, I mean, if you really think about it again, I, I'm assuming everybody's emotionally like stable and rational, which I know isn't the case, but <laughs> really break it down. It's like, this is not mm-hmm. something that people just wake up and say like, Hey, I'm such a malicious person that I want, you know, I'm to, done to hurt other I'm people done. or that I want, you know, it's like, I just want respect for my own life for myself. Mm-hmm. I want to be treated with respect. I want empathetic Mm -hmm. people in my life that can sit, you know, even in friendships or whether it be with my mom or my husband or anybody, I want to be able to have a conversation if something is bothering me or vice versa. I want people to be able to come to me and say, Hey, you did this. 
and it hurt Mm -hmm. or, you know, this is how that impacted me. And I will be the first to say, you know, I'm sorry. Like, how can we, how can we get through this? Move past this. How can we make this better? Mm -hmm. If people aren't willing to do that or to take accountability or to at least have empathy with things, you know, it's, I don't want those types of relationships in my life. A hundred percent. I, I like, there have been days that I've been with my family, like at a dinner and they'll say stuff. And I'm like, absolutely not. We are not doing this. I'm already the black sheep of the family because I've done it once and been like, shut up. We're not talking about this. And then you get a divorce of the Christian family. And then you're even more the black sheep. So now I'm like, eh, what are they going to do? Kick me out? Already happened once. Like, <laughs> I'll just keep running my mouth and keep like telling them like, this is not normal. This is not right. This is what is. Like, this is what I expect from my son. And this is what we're doing. When I think that's the hard part for me is mm-hmm. that I, again, we share our lives. You know, mm-hmm. we chose that outlet, but we don't share it all. And I have respected privacy of other people. Mm-hmm. I have, I don't, you know, I've not like thrown out people's names or given specific stories about all these terrible things or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've respected that. And a lot of times that's like, I go into hiding cause I can't show up. I can't, you know what I mean? It's like when I don't get on for a while or I don't write out all of these things, it's because I'm processing and I'm trying to respect other people that maybe don't even have that respect for me. I wish yeah. that I had more courage, you know, to stand up for myself, but at the same time, I just, it's I, almost more exhausting <laughs> to like to have the emotional capacity and strength to be like, F all of you. That's exhausting too. Yeah. So some, And I think that's the thing is I still have relationships with people in my family and that, and I respect them and I, and I love Mm -hmm. them and they have relationships with people that I don't have relationships with. Mm -hmm. And so I respect that. I respect their privacy. I respect their choice. You know, I'm not going to go around like bashing people and calling them by name, but you know, there's, and again, that's a boundary for me, I guess, is if you don't respect me, then I am not interested in having a relationship because it's not. Yeah. But I think for you, I, I think that obviously these people that you don't speak with and you've, they've obviously said awful things to you about how, you know, can I say that they called you fake for not sharing stuff? Well, is that, I, I haven't, I mean, I, 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 I'm like stumbling over my words again. No, I know that's, and I, I get that because I think a respect for privacy, but also a fear of retaliation because I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't want drama. I literally avoid conflict like the plague. I don't want drama in my life. I just mm-hmm. want peace. And that's been what I've really been mm-hmm. fighting for, yeah. for years now is I just want peace. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, you know, vaguely shared that I did receive a horrible letter from someone mm-hmm. in our family and basically someone that really wasn't present for my childhood mm-hmm. or actively present and yeah. has a perception that they've already developed, that they've hated me my whole life. They've misunderstood based on the words that they do from other people or yeah. the, I mean what they wrote. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's for me, um, 
I can't imagine even taking the time to be that cruel to someone without trying to have a conversation or understand. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I feel like they, they addressed kind of the blog in there and like Mm -hmm. that I just, you know, am I'm showing off my life or, you know, trying to brag about how great and how perfect everything is. And you know, that it's this facade, which I have never in my life from following you thought, Oh, wow. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love your house and your marriage and your daughter, and I want to be adopted. But I think you share both the good and the bad of I've worked really freaking hard to be at a good spot in my life. So yeah, I'm going to celebrate my victories. Well, and I'm going to celebrate these things. Yeah. And that's the thing for me that I struggle with with the blog is that, again, when it started, it was it wasn't sunshine. And rainbows. No, it was a website and it was a platform yeah. for me to share my struggles and triumphs, mm-hmm. you know, through those struggles. And so then when Instagram became a thing, it was like, I'm sharing all of that. But then I'm also getting approached by people that are like, Hey, would you share clothes? Would you share house stuff? And then we started building our house. So I'm sharing that side of my life. Mm-hmm. And it feels like if I'm sharing good things, I'm a snob or I'm selfish or I think I'm so much better. And I have been really upfront. If people that actively follow me that have followed me for a while would be able to probably, I would hope they would be able to, you know, acknowledge that like, even when we were building our house, I was really upfront with the fact that like my husband spent a year you know, uh, yeah, doing this, building the house himself, you know, that the only reason we were able to afford it is because of all of these other factors that, you know, we've saved money, we worked, the market was good. He's able to physically do all this work himself. He's, he's doing the labor. Yeah. Me being really open with that and not being like, look at all these wonderful things that we, and you know, it's like, again, it's, I, we try to be humble and modest. It's not like we're, you're, you're not Emily and Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> and I do love her, but you're not over here with, it's hard to your- be, it's hard to be happy for myself sometimes because of the fear of that being the perception, because I think I've felt that way that I'm not allowed to celebrate, celebrate. victories that I accomplish on my own. Yeah. If it's something that my husband and I did on our own, it's not something that I should celebrate or, you know, that it's me being fake or being showboaty or, you know, so it's like, do I share that side of my life? Should I only share the struggles? But then I don't want to be the Debbie. Should Daddy. I just be sad all the time? Yeah, you know, get on there every day. Like oh, I'm so depressed or like this happened and I'm crying or, you know what I mean? Like you got, there's gotta be a balance. If I shared every time I cry. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not a big crier, but I was raised, you know, just Mas- yeah, to masculine. Yeah. Shut that down. And, yeah. and then so, I'm over here. I'm a crier. And I know that about myself. But I just internalize and then just eventually implode, you know, because I internalize all that emotion. That's but. healthy. That's the most healthy that we can discuss oh, right now. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah. No, I, I think that people, people are always going to, there's always going to be haters. We know that. Um, and we just have to laugh them off. But the problem is, when it's your family or people you're related related to or something in that regard, it takes a whole different turn on things. Um, yeah, it's ha- and it's really hard because mm-hmm. I have really all of my life, adult life anyway, kind of felt like an outsider. And so mm-hmm. it's hard to to be able to feel confident about what I'm doing or find joy in things that I'm doing or n- know 
that people are going to misunderstand me if they mm-hmm. are committed to misunderstanding me, if they're not committed to like trying to have a healthy relationship or have conversations about mm-hmm. things that concern them or whatever, if it's just this blatant attack or, you know, I've already developed this perception and this is who I think you are. It's not my job to convince them otherwise or to argue it. But again, I'm still going to internalize it. It's still going to hurt. It still impacts the way I feel, you know, about myself and my relationships with other people. And um, it's really, really challenging to navigate. I I have a hundred percent been there and I have no advice because it freaking sucked. It does because worse than when you can, you know, trying to get through it is the hard part is like, you think you're strong and you can Mm -hmm. handle like stuff, but trying to get through some of those difficult times and just, it's like this rumination that just drags you under. And it's really, really, really painful. I think it would be way easier if you weren't related to the people doing mean things to you. (laughs) Yeah. If it was a troll on the internet that was like, yeah, I don't like your face or, you know, I don't like. And you'd be like, whatever. But when it's someone who's supposed to care and love about you and then they don't. Well, and again, it's it's a perception that's not even, there's so many inaccuracies that like, I'm not even going to take the time to reply and try to correct it because they've already developed their own inaccurate perception of my entire life that they don't actually know anything about. They weren't actually a part of any of that. And so it's not my job to try, you know what I mean? To convince somebody otherwise, because I'm not going to no different than a troll on the internet, you know, me trying to like go back and forth and explain myself is not going to change if they've already developed. And that's, disrespectful to myself. Why would I even try to have a, a, a conversation to salvage a relationship with somebody that's already determined that they hate? There's me. not going to be a relationship either. Exactly. It's just not, it's not worth the time and energy, but unfortunately we are all human beings and we all have feelings and we have to deal with those feelings. Um, and well, I think wanna, that if you want to heal, you do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can, I could, you know, that's the difference too, is like, you could be like, eh, okay, I'll just well, I could internalize and spiral. And I could, I could reply to this hatred and go off on this tangent about how terrible this person is and the things they've done are so terrible. And, but mm-hmm. number one, I don't have that kind of cruelty inside my body to try to destroy somebody who's obviously already hurting because if they're, if they're, they're surrounded by chaos all the time and they are, hurting other people can sit like it's a consistent pattern of behavior. Mm-hmm. They're hurting inside. Like that's on them. It's, you know what I mean? That if you don't heal, you're just going to take everybody else down with you. And that's not in my interest. I'm not going to like cause more no. conflict. I want to heal and I want to do it for my daughter. And, you know, and that's, yeah. I think that's the thing is that with the blog and the things that we share back to like the mental health piece, you know, mm-hmm. sharing some of the tough things, the reason I do it is because I've found connection and it's genuine connection with real genuine people, you know, that are like me too. Oh my God, you put words to how I was feeling or literally again, I didn't share specifics about the letter that I received, mm-hmm. but I shared kind of a vague, like, you know, I'm hurting like this sucks. Mm-hmm. And I got so many messages from people that were like, that happened to me. Here's my story. And again, I, out of respect, I don't, you know, for privacy or whatever, I didn't say, well, 
here's exactly what happened to me. Like, here's, you know, my, yeah, yeah, it hurts and it sucks. And I'm sorry that you went through that. And then just having those like genuine conversations where it's like human to go, like you said, I didn't know, like you had those struggles with your dad and the family. Mm -hmm. It happens more often than you know, because a lot of people just internalize it and don't talk about Mm -hmm. it. And so for me, it all goes back to that piece of like, let's normalize, you know, the fact that it's okay to go through. People are crazy. Yes. And it's okay to go through that stuff and Mm -hmm. heal from it. You know, I'm not, I know I'm not going to die from these experiences. I know it's not going to take me down or like, it didn't, it's not touching my family. It's not touching my daughter. It's not going to ruin my marriage. So like the things that keep me grounded are not going to change, but I'm, I'm hurting and I'm going to have to process that pain on my own. And again, that feeling of isolation and like, if it's just us three, like that's okay. You know, it's it's that, that whole experience. A hundred percent. And I mean, even when you emailed me yesterday, I was like, shut the fuck up. I got a letter too. It's like, and it's it's mind boggling to me that there's that many people in the world that just send handwritten letters to other people or that like, just, and again, go back to generational trauma. That's probably commonplace with how they were raised or they're used to being in chaos and drama and arguments and everything else. And it's okay to like verbally attack other people or bring people down, you know, like that's just, that's okay. Or to assume that, you know, anything about the inner workings of somebody's private life and private relationships, you know? Yeah. I'll never forget when I got mine, I was at work. Like I was working at a pizza place in Marion And they were like, hey, somebody dropped off a letter for you. I was like 19, I think, at the time. And I was like, what? (laughs) And it was like legal pad, front and back, like three pages. Uh, And I was like, this is not even real. And I didn't have the emotional capacity at that time either to deal with that. Isn't it always, I feel like it's always the worst timing when that shit hits. It's like. I was, Mm -hmm. it was, let's see, almost three weeks ago when I, it was an email, I call it a letter because it was like a novel of an email um, and, you know, written out like a letter. And so um, I was sitting at Everly's dance competition and it was her first performance. She's getting ready to take the stage. I sat down and got a notification and was like, and it's somebody I haven't had a relationship with in several years, you know, that I've been like boundaries with because, yeah, because of concerns about the way that they treat other people. And yeah. So of course I saw it and was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I was sane enough and know enough from history that I wasn't going to open it and let it ruin. Like that can, that can marinate a little. Yeah, I'm going to wait until I'm like sitting down later on to even, yeah. maybe I should have just addressed that. I should have just deleted it and not even delete it. But hmm. um, yeah, it's like, it's always the worst timing when you're like mm-hmm. doing really good and like things feel like they're going well. And then it's mm-hmm. like a bomb that just tries to derail you. Yeah. But I think that you have, you do such a good job. I like, I've I've told you that over and over. And I think that you continue to do such a good job with a protecting Everly, a protecting your stability and your marriage and recognizing that that shit's not normal. And you had to, you have to get rid of that toxicity and set those boundaries of what, is not acceptable in your life currently. And I think that takes a lot and you've worked really hard on that and you should be proud of yourself. I appreciate that. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think like the moment it kind of clicked for me was maybe, I don't remember how many months ago, months ago, 
I had a dream and it was so vivid. Like I had, I was in a pool, like my childhood house mm-hmm. in a, in the pool and I, Everly and I were swimming and like laughing and Clayton was standing up above us, mm-hmm. like looking down and we're all happy. And then mm-hmm. there were snakes in the pool and I realized it, but we didn't have time to get out. Like they were swimming towards us. Mm-hmm. And so I turned around and like wrapped her completely in my arms, mm-hmm. like her legs up and turned mm-hmm. my body like to protect her against the wall of the pool mm-hmm. as they swam by. And like one of them had this, like, it was like a rattlesnake. It was some sort of beast of a snake and it had this like stinger on the tail and it kept whipping my back and hurt, you know, like hell. And I'm Mm. holding her and I knew I couldn't move. I had to just take Mm. the lashing over and over Mm. and I couldn't move because if I moved, they'd get to her. And so I let Mm. it continue to happen until they swam away. Mm -hmm. Clayton drug both of us up out of the water. Like, and Uh it it woke up and was like, Oh my God. Like, you know, just the metaphor of it. And like, yeah, just how that played I'm out. Sitting here, like how that's as moms, that's what we're going to do. But we will take, like I will take the lashing. I will not, the pain. I'll, I will do I'll, it I'll, all. I'll just sit here and, you know, take it over and over and deal with mm-hmm. the pain. And Clayton at the end of the day, like I'll protect her. I'll take it. And he'll always be there to like lift us up, you know, and mm-hmm. to, to help us get through those hard times. And yeah. it will never touch her. Like she's not going to have to know Maybe when it's she, even going on when she's an adult, maybe, you know, I'm sure we'll have conversations like at some point yeah. about, you know, my life or whatever, when she's mature enough to have those conversations, but she never has to know that she doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. in her mind, I hope that she grows up and has a normal childhood or, you know, she'll be in therapy at some point. I hope for her, you know, that she'll have to yeah. now like setting boundaries or things that she might struggle with, but it's not going to be generational trauma that she's trying to heal from because Mm -hmm. she's just trying to be a better person is what our goal is for our kids is that they're not having to internalize the shit they're dealing with from us that instead they're getting good from us. And then we're going to help them become better people by, you know, teaching them to set boundaries and process their feelings and their emotions and, how can you be a better person by just going to therapy and like process stuff and being empathetic? Like we talked about mm-hmm. earlier, being an empathetic person for people mm-hmm. around you that, you know, it makes you a better friend. It makes you a better spouse. It makes you a better mm-hmm. parent, you know, all around just to be able to, to know yourself well enough and to respect people enough to have conversations and to just sit with people and understand, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, that's my hope for her anyway, is that, she's not going to have to heal from any kind of abusive behaviors or, you know, Mm -hmm. extremely messed up scenarios that I've had to go through in my childhood. That's not going to be her story. And, you know, that's my job. I think her from that. And I think that as parents, that's what we should be striving for. We should be healing our own wounds so that they don't have to deal with that. You know? And I, and I love that we're so, willing and open to say that out loud. I mean, everyone's got something that they have need to work through probably. And if we can set our children up to be better humans, I think we should all do that. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing too, with parenting is I think you, you only know what you know, you know? And so if you grow up in a situation and you don't even realize maybe that it's toxic or it's not impacted you in a horrible way or whatever, Mm -hmm. you most likely you're going to repeat those patterns and it's 
And it's going to go on and on and on until somebody more emotional, maybe like us or whatever says, wait a minute. And then takes a really deep look into their self. That's not normal. (laughs) I'm not going to continue this pattern. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to do this a little differently. And hopefully, Mm -hmm. you know, it's to set the next generation of my, you know, my daughter, if she has kids Mm -hmm. or whatever, like will have healing in their, in their life. In their childhood and how they raise their children. Exactly. Look at us. We're so grown. My Look how mature we are. So proud right now, right? <laughs> she would be to send her this. She's going to be like, here's your diploma now. Dealing with your emotions. So proud. I oh, love it. Well, I uh, will wrap this up, but I guess this will be the little sprinkle for everyone that has to listen all the way to the end. That'll, that'll draw up the attention to the podcast. Uh, September 16th. Are you still in for that? Yes. Okay. Uh, Alyssa and I are taking on Southern Illinois, our very own Tour Day So Ill. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am so freaking excited. I, um, I'm so excited to show you and Clayton around and take you to my favorite spots and take over your Instagram and you can take over mine and it'll just be a full see you cuck and honest mama day. <laughs> A cuck. A cuck day. A caffeine and a cocktail day. On Southern Illinois. Yeah. I am excited. It'll be fun. I'm excited to meet you in real life. Um, I feel like I've known you for years. Like I know. I'm like, (laughs) but I haven't met you in person. So I'm excited to meet your husband. And um, it'll be, um, I I mean, obviously some of my followers were like, oh my gosh, you'll both be together. And I was like. We should have like have them come out. Yeah, they can meet us like out. Like a happy hour. We should plan a happy yeah, hour. I love that. Okay, that would be cute. All right. I need to start planning again. Um, but thank you. Thank you, Alyssa. I appreciate it. I'm sorry I cried. I knew that was coming. <laughs> thank you. I warned you. No, you're emotionally in tune. It's okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me on. This felt like a therapy session in another. Good. Oh. You need you needed it. Well, have a good day, everybody, and we'll chat soon.